your girl Sparky T at the Radical Lounge where we're having open and honest radical conversations about some very uncomfortable situations with both races, black and white beautiful faces. We've got the ever so beautiful KB, the ever so awesome Stony, and the super tripperific Bishop! Welcome back to the Radical Lounge. Today's episode. Uh, this is Sparky T. I'm white, and I am privileged because I'm white. Also so, known as Karen. Also known as who? Karen. Hey, Karen. <laughs> hey, no. Today, today's topic is about white privilege. We have the ever so lovely KB. Hello. How are you guys doing? Doing good. We've got the ever so awesome Stony. What's up, everyone? <laughs> We've got the ever so <laughs> terrific Bishop. What's happening, people? <laughs> she does that on purpose. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're talking about white privilege today. Should the should the white privileged uh minions speak first i don't think so i mean i think i think it's fitting that you guys speak first let me let me actually let me pull a page let me pull a page out of bishop's book and and start it off with asking some questions in that regard what do you consider well i i'm i mean obviously being a white person and to something that kb had mentioned earlier obviously um in this aspect what what's the question Oh, you're asking the question. What do you, yeah, I'm trying Sorry. to. <laughs> Whoa. See, 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 see right That's the whitey privilege coming out. What is out. it that you guys consider as as white privilege? Because from from a white person's perspective, obviously just my perspective, because I don't speak for most of the other idiots out there. Um, I, I don't. It, it's something that, as of recently, I look at, and I mean, I, I get the aspect of it affords you certain things. But from my perspective, it's not something that we see. Um, I uh, that's kind of tough because I, I I get that you don't see it, but it's kind of like this unwritten expectation of certain things that society doesn't normally give everyone else. Um, and it's not necessarily it's, it's an expectation. Um. And it probably wouldn't be considered white privilege. It was something that was just given to everyone. Um, But I think that in certain instances, we see behavior, especially from the black culture of white people acting in a way that we know as a black person, we could not get away with. And they have this ability to think that, hey, if I do these things this way, no harm or no foul play should come of me because of it. And that's just one form of it. I mean, we see it in a lot of different aspects, but that's just one way that I see it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just recently we look at, you know, um, the gentleman <laughs> that chased after the police officer after being tased and then stole his police car. Um, hell, he stole the police car <laughs> yeah. and chased the police officer and didn't get shot. I mean, that's, shit, yeah, that, that, that's that, not white privilege. <laughs> well, and there was, there was another recent one where, 
uh, a guy and his wife and his kids were in a pickup truck. The cop had a gun pulled on him and the guy was like in his truck, out of his truck, threw his driver's license at him, was like cussing the cop from one end to the other, even told him, I will fucking kill you, motherfucker. Exactly. And like treated him like shit, you fucking pig. I hate you. How dare you pull a fucking gun on me? And that cop just stood there like, you know, with a gun all. With a gun pulled on him. I mean, that kind of and to me, that was like the perfect example of privilege like yeah, yeah, yeah because that, we can com- definitely we can com- a perfect example of it yeah, yeah we can comply and do all the right things and still get a cap in our ass <laughs> but you can have a you know the other race can pull a gun or a knife or a machete or whatever and they still you know walk away they're still alive just be, even if yeah. they're arrested they're still even if they're arrested you know it's just some people we feel like um, they're not, they're no longer here on this earth when they should have just been taken in, you know? So that to me, I think that is, that is definitely white privilege. There's some things that we literally, we cannot do because we know it's a chance we will die. So I don't know. So that, let me, let me run this, let me run this scenario by you guys and, and see if this, I mean, obviously everything I'm hearing now basically tells me that, that what this person did was screaming white privilege. Um, yeah. But I knew, I knew someone that had family members on two different police forces, state police and local town police. And when he would get pulled over, he would go off the rails. Someone like he, the cop would come to the window. You know why I pulled you over? And he would turn around with the fuck you. Do you know who my uncle is? You know who my, my cousin is? And blah, 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 blah. And he'd go off. He's so-and-so sergeant in the you know, state police and this, that, and the other thing. And obviously he would go up one side of the cop and down the next until the cop basically realized that this is not worth my headache and would just more or less let him go. Yeah. That pretty much a perfect example. Yeah. that's also i mean some of that is is uh i guess like relationship wise i guess you could say or 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 what's the word i'm looking for association Mm -hmm. um people tend to do that in in social groups when you feel like i'm connected to people so i have this expectation for you to treat me a certain way that's kind of how it translates to white privilege to me it's like I'm connected because I'm white. And sometimes it's, it's not even that. Um, I guess the easiest thing to say, because you said it earlier, and I don't know if if, every, if if everybody heard it, but Tony said, who Sparky T said that she doesn't have white privilege. And see, my thing is, I feel like all white people have white privilege, whether they use it or not is their decision, but they all have it simply because they were born with it. It's just something you were born with. And that's kind of how we look at it. Wait a minute. If it happens, if it happens, if it happens to a degree that we're not aware of, like, so for, for example, if, if now I'm just throwing, this is a complete made up scenario, but just for example, if, so if me and you Bishop went for the same job, we'll go in, in, Mm -hmm. in, in, to whatever field or whatever, we have the exact same qualities. It's me, you, and we'll say Joe from around the corner, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's three of us, and we'll we'll stretch it out to one. So if if we go for the same job, 
and your everything's the same between us education credentials experience in the job everything if mm-hmm. i get hired over you in that job is that white privilege on me though or is that on the person actually doing the hiring because it's not something that I asked for. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like I, I myself, when I apply for a job, I want whoever the best person, even when I used to do hiring, I hire whoever's capable for the job. That's how I look at it. I look at their so, skills. So, so, so our answer, I answer the question with uh, the, uh, another analogy. If we both got pulled over for the same traffic infraction, but I got held at gunpoint, you didn't ask for that either, but your white privilege got you out of that. You, right. you know, and, and in our in, in our eyes, it's not necessarily something that means that you invoked it and you went in with, hey, I'm using my white card to get me this. Basically, what it means to us is that there are certain things that are afforded to you simply because of your, the color of your skin, right. whether you ask for it or not. It right. doesn't necessarily mean that you went in and said, hey, I see you, white man, white man, you see me. Give me something. Yeah. But it just means that there's going to be enough. Uh, there's going to be an upper hand you get with that that I don't have. Right. Which okay. the way you, the second part of that you just said does exist. But I mean, and just to be clear, in the beginning of it, when I said I don't have white privilege, I was joking. But in our earlier conversations in the production meeting, I did want to bring this up. Um where I had expressed in trying to understand that there was like this one section of that where I was like, I have worked my ass off, you know, and I I haven't, I guess, accepted or taken the white privilege card and that. And so when I was hearing those things initially, like it was triggering me on the inside because I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like I have fucking hustled my shit to get everything that I have, you know, and it, and I've I've never you know and maybe and maybe that's how it's best to look at, um, is it's that one I don't look to use it, and so I never look for those opportunities where I know a lot of people do because I've seen it, um, but I hear what you're saying in that it's not <clears throat> about whether we use it to our advantage. It's just the fact that it exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just thinking, um, like when it comes to perception, <clears throat> when it comes to um, black people, it seems as if we are immediately looked at as a threat. We are immediately looked right. at as aggressive um, right. before we're even completely approached or talked to. Is oh, most likely she's loud or ghetto or you know because she's black. But I don't feel as a, I don't feel like a white woman would get that same thing. For even for myself, if I I feel like if I'm, I'm angry about something and I speak out, it's oh she's the angry black girl. But if right. a white person was upset about the exact same thing and she spoke out and cursed everybody out and went and slapped a couple of people, she just look at it as she's upset and it's validated. We understand her. She's oh having God. a bad day. Unless she's yeah. a white trash meth head, then you know right. I mean, she yeah. she might get the same treatment. <laughs> <laughs> she definitely wouldn't get the job. There's no white privilege card for that. <laughs> so it's just it's kind of um, it just seems like the road is usually just tougher for us, no matter what we do, right. no matter how hard we smile, how much we try to stay relaxed, or you know, be everybody. At the end of the day, is nah, she's black. Most likely, she's angry and lazy and aggressive. Before right. anything else. So, so in, in this regards, um, 
because uh, this this makes me a little curious about the I don't remember exactly when it was put into effect, but um, affirmative action, basically where corporations were now told that they have to have so many people of different ethnicities. Right. And they shouldn't have to have been told. Exactly. And <laughs> okay, once again, like I said, you should, you should be hiring, you should be hiring people. You should be hiring people yeah. based on skill. Can you do the job or not? Mm-hmm. I mean, that it's should insulting. really be the only thing. Ins- it's completely insulting where it's like, I, 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 we've talked about this before. It's like, I heard that shit and I was like, are you fucking serious? Like, now affirmative action so we have to take affirmative action to be intentional of hiring people with different skin color so now we're going to hire you not based on the fact that you're talented we don't even give a shit if you are well, or was, not and we're yeah just, where i was going with that was more hire or less, you. yeah i was curious if like to kb and bishop how how does that how does that make you guys feel in the aspect would you rather be hired just because of the color of your skin or because of the actual skills that you possess i mean obviously i I want to be hired because of my skills i want it to be fair but i I think i think the the point of affirmative action wasn't um it was to try to level the playing field because at the end of the day white privilege to us was happening people were walking in that were qualified for jobs they weren't getting hired for simply because they were black. And so this was something that was intended to same way. A lot of things that are happening was intended to kind of make things a little bit more equitable where we can walk in and at the, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fair exchange. At least we know that, Hey, you're, you're giving someone an opportunity to come in that may not have had that opportunity before. Not everybody agrees with it. And I won't even tell you every black person I know agrees with it. But what they do say is if you're going to let me in the door, I'm going to make the best of it. And I'm going to go in here and I'm going to try to knock more doors down and show, Hey, this black person I hired is just as qualified as the white person. So why do I have to try to take that away from them? Right. Before we weren't getting the opportunities at all. So the intention, I don't think it was meant to say, you know, that I don't care if your if your skill set is not good enough. What it says is you need to start looking at some of these people that have the same skill set and just as qualified and you're hiring them simply because they're good at it, not because they're black or they're white. I think that was what the intention was. Um, you know, not everybody agrees with it, but at the same time, I feel like for someone who hasn't worried about having to get that job, it's easy for them to say, I don't agree with it. Right. You know, because you don't have that problem. You know, to me, that speaks to white privilege. Like you don't have to worry about just competing because of now I I got a a less of an upper hand or less of an equal stake at this opportunity simply because I'm black. And, you know, so for anyone to me that gets angry at the fact that somebody said, give him a fair shot, you kind of speak into your fair. You, you, oh, I don't care if no. his skills are good. Well, I, I'll i say this. My anger, I don't think, comes from white privilege. My anger comes from I don't think it's good enough. And I think that the black community is worth more than that. Like, I get the intention and we could talk about the attention all day long. But as far as I'm concerned, in my opinion, is it's a political corporate move. One, like that's that's kind of packaged with this good intention. I understand that it opened doors for black people to be able to come in and have an opportunity that they normally wouldn't otherwise have. Why it makes me angry is it's not a real solution. The problem is, is that it's not 
it's not that 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 is even anything that has to be done anyway. That's where my anger comes from. So while I understand there's a positive out of it, to me, it's like, why are we still even living in a world where we have to set up something like an affirmative action, even back then, that it should just be that a person of any color comes in with their resume or their application, applies and gets hired based on their person, their character and their qualifications. So that's mm-hmm. where my anger comes from. Like, and I, get I, I get it, it, but I feel like it's once again, like I feel like my anger is also this, that it's like it's. It's also this underhanded language of saying we still don't value you fully, but we're going to give you a little bit. And and then in taking it is and I, and again, I get it. But in taking it is is this compromise of saying like, OK, you know, OK, white man, thank you. You know, and, so what and would not, have been the alternative, though? What do you think the alternative would have been for us to just keep not getting opportunities? Like, what do you think? The, like no, another no, solution? I think I get what she's saying. It's basically it never should have become because you should have been given the opportunities regardless. And that part, I, that part I agree with. But that's everything that that's that we fought for. Anything that we feel like we're doing towards any type of civil rights, or any type of equality. We shouldn't have be we shouldn't be doing it. Period. So that that argument exactly. goes without saying, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Like yeah. we shouldn't be having this this whole podcast and the basis of where we started shouldn't be shouldn't here. be happening. You know what I mean? So yeah. everything we're saying to me at this point is more of what we're here. So mm-hmm. I get it. I, we yeah, shouldn't because, be here. You know, something that really gets me is when I um, hear things like, "Oh, that was she's the first black woman to, or he's the first black man to." do whatever uh dealing with politics or it doesn't matter what it is there shouldn't it's 2020 there's yeah. still, there shouldn't be a first black anything because black people should right. be a part of everything yeah so that like if you have an establishment and you know it's like 99 percent white and you finally get that black person in there oh congratulations we got a black person like all of that is ridiculous to me because black like, people should have already been a part of it anyway Right, it's like that's, a token black person. Yeah, that, that's, that's, what that's I, my that's point. Like, it's like it's not acceptable. I'm sorry, Stony. No, Go it's ahead. all good. I was just, just going to say that's that that's what bothers me about affirmative action is it it seems more like it was done to placate the 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 non-white communities so they can feel like mm-hmm. they're getting opportunities that should they should be getting from the start. Right. Exactly. I mean, I mean, I feel like I feel like I feel like this country and everything since slavery has been built on placating people that weren't white, as you know. So, I mean, again, it's just it speaks to what the problem is. And so mm-hmm. what we do in the black community is say we're going to take what little bit you think you're giving us and we're going to make more from it. And we're yeah. going to take those opportunities to open more doors and get more opportunities to give to more people. And we're going to try to fight to get into those positions of power that we can not just hire someone because they're black, but not hire them or, or, or give people opportunities simply because they're good enough. And that's what I think it really is. It's like we don't necessarily agree that it should be here, but we're like, shit, it's here so let's take this opportunity and make the best of it. That's all we can do. That's what we've done with everything. When they, when they freed us from slavery, we didn't have shit. So yeah. what do we do? We got to make the best of it. Half of us had to go back and work for our slave masters for pennies just so we could continue to keep living. But we made the best of that. And you know what we would do? We would go out and 
back then the slave masters didn't know any better. So they gave you a little bit of land. So everybody said, we're going to take the land you give us and we're going to put it together and we're going to make, make something out of this land and keep building off of that. And we made something out of the little bit that they gave us, but it wasn't intended to do anything more than placate us then. So, you know, this is, to me, it's a cycle that's continually going to keep going and we just got to keep taking every door that they open, no matter how small it is, and get in there and just fucking knock shit over until we make sure everybody sees that we're just as we're just as capable and just as competent as anyone else. And we're just as incompetent as the next incompetent person. So just be equal with all of it. Like, I mean, let's yeah. just be honest. Like we fuck up just like everybody else does. But let's just be equal and honest about it all and say, you know what? You know, I, and, 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 and we spoke before offline and, I, and, and I've always said that I think that if if human resources companies just said very clearly, we're not even going to put your name on the resume. We're, we're just going to do a document number and all you're going to see is skill sets. We're not even going to see what school you graduated from. We're just going to say that you had a BA in this or an MBA in this or that's it. We don't need to know where it came from. We just we'll verify that once you get hired. But what we're going to do is just look at those skill sets and say, boom, this is what you have. And you won't know who you're interviewing until they walk through that door. Right. Why do you need to actually know the, the school that you got the diploma from? Because like, yeah, but see, that comes. It's another privilege that comes with it, though, because, you know, I, if, if you know, my daughter goes to North Carolina A&T. So if a kid came to me and I'm hiring him and he shows that he's got NC, you know, A&T on there, I might be like, oh, that's my daughter's alma mater. I might give you a shot just because I got a connection to you personally. The, so the human the element is always that, involved though, there too. I, you know, I got an associate's degree from, well, what I now call fraud tech used to be called ITT tech. Mm-hmm. This is why I bring up, <laughs> why does the school matter? Because I still got an associate's degree, but now if you look that up, that my associate's degree is pretty much nothing better than, you know, Charmin toilet paper right now. Absolutely. And, and so the, so the privilege is, that, you know, it's not even a privilege. That's just an association. But it, it gives somebody an upper hand that, you know, may not necessarily be one that we need. You know, it's fair. But if you find that out in the course of the interview, by this point, you've already kind of made your mind up that you like this person without even knowing who they are. So you brought them in simply off of their skills. So I do believe a human element is always involved in everything we do, which is why we're so flawed as a society. But at the same time, that human element gets in the way when your human element is flawed. <laughs> you know, what I mean? when you as a human is flawed, then it gets in the way. So, yeah, take the school out, too. I'm OK with that. Like, that doesn't bother me. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I'm to walk in and I'm going to start looking around. And if I see on your desk that you got an Eagles, um, you know, uh, coin or flag on your desk and I'm an Eagles fan, I'm going to bring it up some kind of way. Cause I need you to know, Hey, we got something to talk about. Yeah. People do it all the time, but yep. I'd rather, I'd rather have that opportunity to make that happen on my own. than you picking me out of a lineup of people and saying, I like you. I don't like you simply because I think your name sounds too ethnic or you, mm-hmm. you, you, you're, you're black or you're, you know, some other race that I don't feel like I want to bring into my company. Right. That was, that was like the one right. thing I never even looked at when I was, when I used to do hiring for the data center that I worked at, I, the name was like the last thing I looked at the resume. I'm like, can they do the job? That's all I care about. Can they come in here and actually yeah. do the job I need done? I can, if they hey, got purple, we, purple with two antennas coming yeah. out, whatever. Like, great. <laughs> right. That's how it would be. I always check the other box and put human 
or I check Pacific Islander just because I'd like to be on an island. But <laughs> a couple yeah. of times I've checked Black to then come in and just be like, "Whoa." <laughs> I actually, um, it's it's very interesting. I had I had did this experiment a while ago. Um, I took my resume um, that I had on LinkedIn, and I used um, for some reason. I guess Lorenzo is an Italian name. Uh, apparently, is what I was told. Um, so some people think that it would be Lorenzo Lamas. So I said okay, or or Hispanic. I've heard that too. Um, but anyway, I, I changed my. Um, I took my picture off and I put my profile up on LinkedIn with the exact same resume. And I got so many freaking phone calls. I got way more phone calls from, from recruiters that looked at the same resume of mine with my picture on it. Yeah. Did you say anything? Oh yeah. Did you say anything? Cause 'cause I'd be like, how, how did you not say something to these people? That's like, no, 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 no. I absolutely, I absolutely brought it up. You know what I mean? I absolutely brought it up. And I, and I just kind of asked what was your criteria for, for selecting, you know, my resume. And then I would kind of just say, well, you know, you know, I have two on LinkedIn and you actually looked at my other profile and it's the exact same resume. And there's really not much they can say at that point. You know what I mean? They're like, well, maybe when I looked at your other one, I wasn't really looking for someone at that time. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah, right. Well, I'm not looking for a job that you're going to get me involved in anyway. I'm K- good. KB, what were you going to say? <laughs> uh, oh, I definitely heard that one. We wasn't looking for anyone at that time. But yeah, you're a lawyer. But uh, <laughs> I recently came across a post where this woman, um, black woman, her husband is white. They have um, three children. And they were... Um, Looking to get their house appraised, I think. I saw that one too. And so she, um, the the amount that they gave her was like very, very low. I think that she was like, usually the numbers is between 300,000 to 600,000. They bidded her like 200. And her, so she took, she went on her social media, took off all her pictures, the photos of her children, and like um, just everything that she do, she took all those pictures down and put just her husband up, just her husband. All, everything um, was still the same other than his face. And they shot the numbers up very high. $135,000 difference in appraisal value of her home simply because she did what they call whitewashing. Yep. yep. Wait, so, her, wait, is her husband white? Her husband's white. They were an interracial couple. And she said from the moment the appraiser came in, he was just rude and completely only She nasty. had two strikes. She was a woman and she was black. Yeah. Yep. And so she. So they appraised it lower, and then she put the husband's. So she took all the pictures in the house and put yeah. only her husband up. So when yeah. you walk wow. through the house, all you see is just pictures of people. She basically took off any indication that black people lived in that home. Lived there. And yep. so when she did that, the value went up one hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars. Yeah. Oh, uh, I also listened to this show called um, the Karen Hunter Show. I don't know if you guys ever heard of her. And um, with Karen Hunter, it was a woman um, on there. She um, had a perfect credit score. Um, she had um, cash money for, it was a business that she was trying to get into. But No, no, no. She was trying to get a loan. And everything about her, it was like perfection. Everything. Like, why wouldn't this woman get a loan? And they still told her, they still denied her loan for her business. 
And, you know, just listening to her, you know, perfect credit score, her history on other things when it comes to business was great. And they denied her. And um, she had a friend go in to do the same thing, same credit. Like, you know, her, her the black lady credit score was even, it was better. And the woman got the, the business loan that she didn't even care for. She didn't even really want it, but they just did it just to see. And, you know, the things like that, like how perfect, how perfect do I have to be? They must think I'm black because they deny my shit every time. <laughs> you got a little saucy, you man. You got a little hood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. All right, yeah. guys, we got to take a quick break uh, for our sponsors. So we'll be right back after these beautiful messages. Yes, sir. Bada bing, bada boom. Just don't go for it. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> we are back. <laughs> the stuff you hear off air. Oh, no. Wow. We need to have, a, we need to have the, the radical bloopers outtakes. <laughs> we're back, oh. and we're still talking about the goddamn white privilege. You know, I want to say this. If, if I have a white privilege card... I would be happy to give my white privilege card away. But here's the thing. Let's like, let's, I mean, I, here's, okay, to be serious, I actually wanted to bring this up because um, I think it's good to just kind of look at it from all angles, right? So there are a lot of white people, and KB, you said it earlier, where it was like, you know, you say you have white privilege and the response from white people is like, I don't have white privilege. What are you talking about? And they get pissed off, you know? And it's like, well, yeah. that is part of your white privilege right there. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, which I think is, is half connected to the white narcissism. Uh, and then I think the other half is that, well, it's like, if you're white and you're not one who, has had a lot of opportunities in life and you have had to struggle, you know, because I do think that there is, it's not, I think for me, I feel like it's not every, and I understand it's different, but I think where it comes from is it's, if you're white one, you don't see the full picture of white privilege, right? Cause you're not black. So you don't live in a black world. You don't live in a black, you don't have, you don't have those life experiences to really be able to see the other side of it. So, mm -hmm. so then, it, so, so with that said, and I'm not excusing any behavior, I think I'm just trying to add some, some perspective on the flip side of it is I think the initial reaction is like, from a lot of white people who their, their first thought is like, you know, I couldn't afford to go to college and I've had to take shitty jobs and I've had to, you know, so like they're looking at the commonalities in what they consider to be just life struggle. Right. But not being able to connect and identify with what it means to be a black person every day, just in general, like you, you said it very well the other day, KB, about how you're like, you know, as a black, you know, woman and mother, like I have everyday stresses that are just normal. You know, I have my business, I've got, 
you know, this, I've got my family, I've got my kids, I've got school, I've got all this stuff, I got to go to the grocery store. But during all of this, my mind is also having to deal with, I'm being looked at different, I'm being treated different, like, oh, shit, am I safe? Like, are my kids safe? Like, mm. all of these things. So there's this added stress that's on a daily of just living black, which yeah. a white person would have no understanding, we, we wouldn't have any way of knowing that. Like, I, I wouldn't have known that had I not met you and we weren't here on this show. Yeah. You know, so, so you've opened my eyes to like, yes, I understood the, you know, the people treat black people badly. I've witnessed it, you know, I've st- all that stuff, but like to hear you communicate that and like, this is what goes through my head as a black woman, every day, mother, every day, especially right now with the um, police brutality with driving. I mean, just yeah. the double check. Consist okay, and it's there's something that every person have to do. You have your license, you have your registration, you know, your tag and everything is in order. But for me, it's okay, I'm sitting um at a red light and it's a cop, he just pulled beside me. He look over to the left and he see me, and all he see is a black girl. The first thing I'm thinking is, oh my god, what is registering through his head? Is he gonna pull me over right now because he's seen this black girl? Um, am I gonna get harassed? How many red lights is gonna follow me through? You know, those those type of things. Those are conversations that we have to have in our household. I feel like white privileges, you don't have to have those conversations because you don't even really you don't think about it. It don't even come across your mind, but we have to think about this every single day, seven days a week. And that, that is like, man, we talk about PTSD, it's stressful. So, yeah. you know, I, Walmart is less than a mile from my house, but where I live is predominantly white. So every single day I go to the store, it's just that, what is it going to be today? And, uh, right. you know, what, what is, what is going to happen to me just being black? Even if I got a right. smile on my face and I do all the right things, just because I'm a black girl and somebody don't like my skin color, I'm possibly in danger. Right. Yeah. So I think the white, I think it's the reason I'm, I'm connecting this because I think it's very important for the white community to understand on a larger level. And, and you bring a lot of shed a lot of light KB to what it's like, especially being a black woman Mm -hmm. in America and a mother, you know, and a wife like um, that it's, you, you've got everyday life shit. And I think any human being, no matter your color, especially as a woman can understand all it takes to be a woman and all it takes to be a mother and a wife. But then you're also having to deal with I'm black. I'm being treated different. I'm not, I don't feel safe. I might not be safe. And now we're in this whole, you know, uprising and I definitely might not be safe. So now you've got stress on top of stress on top of stress. And it's not just stress. It's like, Am I going to live today? Am I going to die today? Am I going to yeah. die right now? Am I going to die later? Yeah. And so where's your, your space for peace of mind? We, don't, we when can you- afford that space. We cannot afford that space for that peace of mind. You know, we can be, try to be relaxed. I, I'm a very calm, peaceful, relaxed person. But at the end of the day, that is still on the back of my mind consistently. And oh my goodness. And it's even worse because my husband is a black man. So when he say, baby, I'm, I'll, I'll be right back going to the store, that anticipation I'm waiting for him to come home. I mean, even wow. if I know he's going to be away, maybe only 20 minutes is just every time he walk back in the house is, oh my, we made another day. 
You know, my, my uh, husband is not a super small, nerdy looking guy. He's very intelligent and very smart. But most people see him, they ask him, is he a football player? You know, because his size and build and everything. So that alone could be an intimidation, you know, with his skin color. So when my husband is away, it, it, it makes me nervous without even realizing I'm nervous because it's just our norm. It's just normal to be that way. So you're not you're not in any sort of mind frame of like because right this would be the white world white version of that it's like honey I'm gonna run to the store I'll be back in twenty and either a the woman is like okay sweet I get to go eat my chocolate and slam a glass of wine or whatever go to the bathroom and make some nasty noises or okay honey. Yeah, you know, or the change locks or whatever. Like, yeah. or okay, I had twenty minutes to myself. Or even if it's like, okay, babe, I'm gonna go, um, whatever, out with the boys for the weekend. Yeah. And so it's this like, oh, I get, I get a, my place to myself, but I get to miss my significant other. Whereas you go into an immediate like state of fear. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because it al- it's almost like. It's so repetitive now that is I don't even really think about it. It's just he leaves and is like, okay, how long is it gonna be before he comes back? Or you know, if he calls me and say, you know, the the oh the conversation my husband called me, he got pulled over for speeding. But hey, babe, I just got pulled over. The cop hasn't made it to the car yet, but I'm gonna keep my phone on speakerphone and you know to make sure you can hear everything because you never know how this is gonna go. So then once the cop came, he got his ticket and everything. It was oh that relief because. I mean, at that very moment, if he reached for his license, he could just be shot right then and there because, I mean, you know, yeah. not like just he reached for his license, boom, he shot, but... No, you said it right. <laughs> you said right. it right. Yeah, like it, and it gets carried out of proportion way faster for us. So, I mean, that time when that happened to him, I mean, nervous wreck. And what I did was I text my brother, who's an officer. I text my brother. Bird just got pulled over. You know, the cop, the officer is white. He was, he said he was speeding, but just stay on the phone with me. So my brother, now we're on three-way. Because now I need another witness because I I felt more safer having somebody else being a part of that conversation with me. And it's just, and then thinking about him making it home. There's a level of credibility there with your brother being on the phone as well. Being an officer at right. least gives him, whereas if it's yeah. just you and your husband who's in the car, they could easily be like, you're making that up. Right. Yeah. yeah. And just think if my, oh my God, my anxiety would have been through the roof even more had my brother not been an officer. Cause he would have been just another black man right. instead of an officer. So that helped me breathe a little bit more, but I still didn't feel good until he made it home because all I could think was, okay, he got a ticket, but are they going to follow him? Are they going to call another officer down the street and say, okay, this person is coming, restop him? Like, you know, because we have seen that type of thing happen before and it sucks. So just waiting for him to come home. And when he made it home, like, oh, I'm home. Like, man, oh my God, that was crazy. It wasn't a regular, oh man, I got a ticket. Oh, I'm mad at the cop. Just, just pay this shit off. It's, oh my God, I made it home and I'm alive. Yeah. It's KB, what would you. Because because what I'm hoping to get here in our, our last bit is that we really need to help the white community understand this white privilege, right? Because if we talked about, like, defund the police, like, you've got to break it down. Black Lives Matter, you got to break it down. And, like, it is what it is. I think the importance is, is that we get the right the right message across. So what can or what would you say to 
white people who maybe don't necessarily understand white privilege. Like, you know, I hear things like use, use your white privilege. Um, I think you gave a great explanation of like the difference, you know, and I think, and I hope that that will touch a lot of minds and a lot of hearts and open up like the understanding of like white privilege means you just don't have to, you don't have to live like that period. And then all these other little things about getting a job and, you know, getting a promotion, all that shit is trivial. Like bottom line is white privilege means is that your life is not in constant danger and you don't have to live under, I I mean, I, I, I don't even know the word to describe that, but what would you say to white America, um, about, their white privilege how how do they use it can they use it to to help things be better like what what would you say like just to to white america like to understand like do do we use it as a right to stand up and say we want to use our white privilege for good during this time definitely and not turn the other cheek when you see mistreatment um you know, your friends, you can love a person and you know they're wrong when it comes to certain things or how they treat other people. You know, say something about it. Say something to them. Um, for When it comes to the officers, when you know you're a great cop, but you're working alongside a corrupt cop who is racist, speak out. I think a lot of times, though, people don't speak out because of fear. So I don't know. It's, it's, for me, it's, it's hard to say it's really hard to say what could be done. Um, we talked about um, something I went through when I was at a restaurant picking up food with the with the officer. And you yeah. asked what could um, someone like a white person do at that moment. And can you retell that, can you retell that story for us? Yeah, I was um, at a restaurant. I was picking up um, an order. I was picking up food. And I noticed um, two officers where they were in their vehicle. They were um, a little ways from me at a stop sign. And um, when they came past me, they were, they stayed there first for a minute, like looking at me. It was very obvious. When they came past me, they went real slow, let the window down. They looked straight at me. And then they went around the corner to circle around again. They did it about three times. And at this very moment, while this is happening, there were some kids in the parking lot, very close to us. They were doing donuts in the parking lot. And the officers never once, and you can hear it, like you can hear the wheels, the tires um, screeching, and and bystanders were looking. They, the officers, never once stopped to go over there to check, to see what was going on over there. They just had their eyes only on me, and it made me very nervous. And I had a um, gentleman who was trying to talk to me, uh, a guy, another guy, a black guy. He pulled um, up in a suburban. And I could tell he recognized what was going on. And so when he started talking to me, I felt more safe with this complete stranger who looked like me because I had another person who was with me. I felt like maybe the cops wouldn't try anything, you know, having a person there. I would have felt so much more comfortable uh, at that moment before the other guy came up. If a, if a, you know, a white person would have came up and just stood with me maybe, or, you know, say, Hey, I see, I see these cops with their eyes on you. And I see them circling, coming back and forth, you know, looking at you. So I'm just going to stand here with you and I'll pretend to order some food or we'll just act like we know each other. Maybe they'll pull off, you know, maybe yeah. not get aggressive with the cops. Cause that could, that could go bad for both of us. For the well, person- that would be me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that would go, you know, we don't want anyone to be aggressive, 
but just say, hey, you know, I'm with this person. And if you try anything, I'm right here to record it. I'm right here to say something. I will get your badge number, your ID, and I will report it for her. You know, things right. like that. So when you see something and you know it's wrong, speak up. Say something. Yeah. Yeah. If Bishop, you see what, something, say something. What would you say to white America and how we can use our white privilege in better acknowledging it and also to, you know, I mean, it, I mean, of- I think KB, KB touched on it um, pretty well. I think that um, use your white privilege to the, to, to go against the things that that white privilege may have already afforded you use it to make it an even sure. playing field. So if you know that you are in a a situation similar to KB's where you can stand there next to her and have a conversation or a dialogue with a police officer that may get a different result, then stand there with them. Give use that privilege. If you know that, hey, I know I got hired for this job simply because of the color of my skin. I know that me and this guy was talking and I know that his credentials were way stronger than mine. We were out in the interview, you know, lobby. And they hired me. It had to be because I was white. But you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to get into a position that I can make sure that I eradicate that out of this office. You know, right. I can get that out of here. Um, it, it, we, we have to start start thinking that we have to change the mindset of the people that we're around. But to kind of not do anything, to kind of just kind of stay in your own world and so to speak, I say use your white privilege just for your own benefit. It's just kind of unfair and just. I equate it to no different than someone that was born rich. You don't know any better. And I'm not mad at you because you weren't born rich, but you're taking full advantage of the opportunities that were given to you simply because of that privilege. But also, too, that doesn't mean you should look down on everybody that's less fortunate than you, that doesn't have what you have. And why not try to figure out a way to level level that playing field so everyone else gets the same opportunities? And that's really mm-hmm. what it is. We just want fair opportunity. Nobody's saying, give me the job. What we're saying is give me a fair opportunity to earn it just like everybody yeah. else. Mm-hmm. You know, fair shot. I go to school. Yeah. We just yeah. want a fair shot. You know what I mean? That's it. And I think that's what we want across the board. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be different if we just felt like cops hated people in general and everybody's life is in danger. Oh yeah. We, we really wouldn't have anything to say then. Like, you know, <laughs> right. like Fuck was, it. you know, everybody, listen, they don't like anybody. So just don't get in trouble, but that's not yeah. the case. It's like, you know, she, she said it and, and hearing it, you know, I, my wife carries those same fears and those same concerns. And I understand like, when you see that agony on their face and that relief, you know, uh, my wife, when I when I come home, especially if I'm on my motorcycle, that scares her, too, because it's a bike. But just me being out in general, she I make it a point when I'm down the street, I rev my bike up so she can hear it. And she always says that's the best sound that she's ever heard Ooh. is when she hears that motorcycle my, come around that, that corner. My husband's charger. I mean, it's like music to my ears. Like, I can't, you know, we're I home. Can yeah. And so Aww. now imagine imagine like. Now we're in a position where it's different because I have a black son that I had to send across this country. And and, and as a as a father, as a husband, um, as a brother, you you know, as I'm you know, it's just a, a man in general. You're taught to kind of be a protector and a provider. And it's a helpless feeling when you know that all the people in your house, simply because of their color, of their skin, you can't protect them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you have to live with that every single day. And and so you do what you can to try to make them feel some sense of peace at home. This is the only place I feel comfortable. This is my sanctuary here. 
So that's why I'm very, very conscious and cautious of who I even let in that circle, because this is yeah. the only place I can truly say I feel safe. And after Breonna Taylor, I don't even feel safe here anymore. Nope. You nope. know, because as soon as somebody just assumes because I've been working from home for six months that I must be a drug dealer, I must be doing something wrong that they could come in and kick my door down with no <laughs> no, no real justifiable cause just other than somebody said, I think they sell drugs mm-hmm. and I can lose my life. Cause I'm a, I'm a, I'm a licensed concealed to carry gun owner. And if you come in my house, I'm going to protect my home. Yeah. But that also means that because they knocked on my door unlawfully, I can still be taken out of here. Yeah. I have to worry about all of that. You know what I mean? Before I walk out of the door, if I have my gun on me, do I got every piece of credential? Where is my gun? I don't want mm-hmm. it somewhere where I have to reach for it. If they ask me, do I have a gun? I'm going to tell them yes. And if they mm-hmm. say, can you reach for it? I'm going to say no. And this is what I have to practice to myself. What I'm going to do is get out of the car and I'm going to let you take the gun off of me. Yep. You see what I'm saying? That's what I'm going to do. I'm not reaching for shit. You see what yeah. I'm saying? And yeah, most as soon people as you don't reach for it, they can use that as an excuse. Exactly. Yeah. Right. To me, those are the things that, you know, unfortunately, it's just going to take time to um, eradicate, you know, just mm-hmm. use the privilege you have now to speak to the people who, you know, are misusing their privilege. Right. Oh, I will tell the motherfucker. I think you guys <laughs> nailed it, too, with the if you see something, say something. Don't, you know, and yeah. this, is, this, this goes beyond the whole TSA airport crap. This is like, you know, real life. When you see yeah. someone getting abused for something stupid that yeah. wouldn't happen if it was someone white or a friend of yours stay something do something yeah. whether it's a copper or whatever i've i've done it I, I actually i i had a very weird situation when i was younger happen and um i had i i unbeknownst i guess kind of used that in a sense a buddy of mine who is darker skin color than me i he's not black i really don't know his race but regardless, we were, we, were in, we were in his driveway. Well, no, we were in his driveway. We were waiting for some people and some cops had seen us pulling around the neighborhood a couple of times as we were waiting for people and came up and decided to question us. Now we were in my car. And at the time I was a lot more uh, careless with my dispensing of roaches, seeds, other things that go along with the lovely marijuana plant. And, <laughs> The amount of stuff that the, the cops were getting a kick out of it. They were like, my God, with all these seeds, if, if water leaked in your car, you'd grow a, a crop back here. They're making all these jokes. But the funny, the, 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 the not funny part about it was it was my friend that they were blaming it all on. And I was sitting there the whole time. Like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. First off, he doesn't do drugs. It's my car. And I'm the smoker. So I don't know why you constantly keep looking at him like he's the one doing something. Like, what's yeah. the problem here? This is my car. Yeah. So one, you can't even do anything because it's my car. Right. They but definitely just- don't know stoners. Damn it, Stoney. Damn it, Stoney. That's what we're talking about. That's how you use your white right privilege. There. I'm going to yeah. smoke this weed and you're not yeah. going to arrest a black person in my car because of it. That's, That's how exactly. you do it. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. But, yeah, I mean, and so... So here you go, white America. If you see something, say something. I think it's time that we all start to open our eyes to, um, you know, and I think we should discuss more on our episodes. Like, white people need help. You know, we, we really do. We need guidance. And you know my heart. 
Um, but I learn from y'all every day. And so I think the more we can open up like the real reality of what it is to be black and in America to the white community, it will help us. It will help us know what to do, know how to do it because I, there's a lot of us that want, you know, that want to help. I mean, shit, y'all know me, but there's, I would have never even thought about your situation like that. You know what I'm saying? But like now I know and I'm watching, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. it, it, but it's true. It gives me tools so that when I'm out and about, I can be more aware. I know what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. So white America, get your fucking shit together. Please. Pay attention. See something, say something and use your right white privilege to save a life. Yeah. Potentially. Um, yeah. All right, guys. That's our time. It's been a great show. It's been a great show. Yeah, yeah. definitely a great show. Yeah. Bishop, like I said, you can have my white privilege card anytime you want it, dude. I don't know if I want yours. I want Stoney. Stoney, Stoney gets away with smoking. Stoney gets, you he got, he's getting marijuana seeds in his car. He drives off. I want his white privilege card. His shit's leveled up. They, they would arrest my ass. Trust yeah, me. His shit is leveled up. You know, he, I tried to go. He's got a good white car. Yeah, I don't yeah he got a black good. person in the car with weed on the floor, and he, they both got away. I want his car. Right. <laughs> his car has been tested and tried and proven. Yours, I don't know so much yet. Stoney. I mean, uh, uh, Sparky T, but Stoney, I need your car. Give it to me any day. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, nobody wants my white privilege car. It's not very good. It should be revoked. <laughs> it might be up for review. You just don't know it yet. It probably has been revoked. I think. Fuck it. I'll take. I'll take a black car. But show me the fun. Nah, you don't want that either. (laughs) You don't want that either. But maybe I wouldn't be so red. Do I get the skin, the beautiful skin color with it too? Get the nice complexion. You look so funny. Yeah. I can have some. I can have an afro, yo. See, you know, the the back of our car comes with a warning label. You might get shot seven times in the back. It's been another amazing show. And guess what? My mind has been blown. No. <laughs> Stoney, you got any Yoda quotas for us? Here's a quote for you. Fear is a disease. Hope is its only cure. Say it one more time. What Fear is a disease. Hope is its only cure. I like that. That's deep. I like that too. That deep. Deep. Snap. Did you did you did you say that out loud when you were smoking? Because I bet it came a lot came across a lot differently. High. <laughs> I don't know. He said deep, and I almost said me love. <laughs> all right y'all that's our show thanks for tuning in and listening to us crazy folks we have the beautiful kb say good night kb good night guys i hope y'all have a beautiful evening stoney say good night to the people everyone have a good one smoke it if you got it beautiful people y'all be good and wear your damn mask Please. <laughs> All right. And I'm Sparky T. I'm out. Y'all be safe. Be good to each other. Love one another. Peace. Adios, amigos. 
Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow our hosts online, you can find KB on Instagram at Growing Vibrations underscore magazine, a magazine for diverse, creative, open minded people talking about entrepreneurship to cannabis infused butter. Or you can email her at growingvibrationsmag at gmail.com. And you can find Bishop on Instagram at conscious underscore concepts with a Z or on consciousconcept.com. T-shirts for the conversation uplift your mind. For Sparky T, head on over to Instagram at radical underscore bohemian underscore digital. Or you can head over to radicalbohemiandigital.com for all your out of the box radical digital marketing needs. I'm Stoney, and I ain't selling shit.